Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. As some of you might know or remember from previous vicars, or vicars of Christmas past, the Advent services are typically done, or most of them at least, are typically done by the vicar. So you'll be seeing me up here for the next few weeks, and I hope that's okay with you, because I'm excited to be here. But one of the things that I'm hoping to be looking at for the next few weeks is a series called Sing We Now of Christmas, and we'll be looking at three different Christmas hymns, Christmas songs, and I think each one of these songs has its own specific, pretty apparent theme for each one. Now for This week, we'll be looking at the song we just sang, Joy to the World, which, as you might be able to guess, we'll be talking about joy today. For the next couple weeks, we'll be looking at uh, See Amid the Winter Snow, a slightly lesser-known hymn, and then I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. But today we get to talk about joy, but before we talk about joy, I think I would be amiss if I didn't begin an Advent series by talking about Advent. Now Advent, the word itself, Advent, talks about the arrival of some important person. And for the Christian church year, we use the season of Advent to talk about our most important person, Jesus. During Advent, we look forward to Jesus coming at Christmas and ultimately to his second coming. So with that in mind, with the arrival of Jesus in mind, I'll begin with this statement, the king is coming. This is a statement that frankly really isn't up for debate. You can agree with it, you can disagree with it, but the point still stands, the king is coming. I'm reminded of the phrase from playing hide and seek when I was a kid, if you were the one who had to seek You would count down, and when you were done, you would yell out, Ready or not, here I come. I don't care if you're ready, because I'm coming to find you anyway. So our king is coming, but who is our king? And I think that as Christians, that question has an obvious answer, or should at least. Our king is Jesus. But just because that's the technically right answer, is that really how we live our lives, especially this time of the year? with Thanksgiving right behind us and Christmas not too far in front of us, I hate to remind you, who really is our king this time of the year? I think during the holiday season, it can be very easy to make any number of things our king. For a few examples, maybe presents. I'm sure some of you like to get some, but even giving presents can kind of turn into our king. Maybe food. Now, I'll be the first to admit that I love the special holiday food and all the thousands of different types of Christmas cookies, but that's not really our king, is it? Or family gatherings, maybe getting our house all pretty for Christmas, maybe getting ourselves all pretty for Christmas. How many of you make time your king? We use time a lot these days, freeing up time for people to come over, taking time to make all those delicious cookies or holiday food. But how much of our time, or how much of our time this holiday season at least, is spent devoted to our true king? And no matter how much time you might give that answer, again, the point still stands, he's coming. Now in my 
what I think is long, but some of you may disagree, 24 years of life. I've worked a number of part-time jobs throughout the years. One of them that sticks out right now being a seasonal worker at a, well, in the stockroom of a kitchen or home store. And it was about a month before Christmas, I remember this happening, and we had gotten a huge shipment of product in. And there were stacks of boxes all over the stockroom, all over the back room. So my job, and a few others who worked with me, of course, was essentially to empty these boxes, to take them out of the brown cardboard shipping boxes, to put it on the shelf in the stockroom, to put it on the floor for people to buy. And normally it was a pretty easy job, but this particular shipment made it so that you could barely walk around in the stockroom. So here we were, minding our own business, trying to do our job, and the store manager comes by and says, hey, just so you know, I'm going to need this done by tonight because our district manager is coming tomorrow morning and we need the store to look pretty. So we started working a little bit faster and a little bit harder because we and everyone else who worked in this store knew that this district manager was a little bit of a stickler for the details, so we wanted everything to be perfect. Otherwise, we'd get in trouble, frankly. We wanted the stockroom to be clean. We wanted all of the product to be stocked out on the floor. We didn't want any spills, any trash on the floor. We were running around trying to make sure this was perfect because the king of our store was coming, and we wanted to be ready. We didn't want to get ourselves in trouble. We didn't want to get our bosses in trouble. And in some ways, I think this is how we view the coming of our king, Jesus. Often, I think we view him as the boss coming in to drop by the store to see how things are going, make sure that nothing's out of line. But what the Bible and what our hymn for this week, Joy to the World, tells us is that the coming of our king is not something to be feared, but that our king is coming with joy. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. See, our king is coming and the whole earth rejoices with his coming. Romans 8 tells us that all of creation waits with longing. It all waits to be set free from its groaning and suffering. It's not just you and I that should be joyfully awaiting the coming of our King, but creation itself. Our psalm for today that we read responsively a little bit ago also speaks to this. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, let the hills sing for joy together. That psalm also tells us that the Lord, the King, is coming to judge the earth. But even this is nothing to fear. Now, I'll be the first to admit that I'm a sinful person, and I'm sure you are too. But although we were sinful, although we are sinful, although we were once enemies of God, of our King, we have no need to fear His judgment. He comes to judge with righteousness. He rules the world with truth and grace. John 3.17, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Our King isn't coming to punish us, to condemn us for breaking His laws, to sentence us to a life in hell because of it. No, our King is coming with grace. He is coming not to give us what we deserve, but what He chooses to give us on His own. He comes to give us life. Our King comes with grace, with love, with joy. 
But ultimately, I think we as Christians and we as God's people can find our joy in the coming of the king because the king didn't have to come. Nobody forced him to come. He didn't really get any incentive for coming along. No, the king is the creator. He's the creator of the earth, of the rocks, the hills, and plains, the fields and floods. He's the creator of us. He's the creator of you and I. And he is infinitely greater than us. And not only that, but we did actively rebel against him. We blatantly and sometimes very deliberately disobeyed his laws, his commands for us, but he still chose to come to us. He still chooses to take a personal interest in you and me, in his creation. Even though we didn't follow the king's laws, he still comes to us and he still comes to judge us, but he judges us with grace. And for me, that is great joy. Brothers and sisters, the king is coming. So what are you doing about it? Earlier I mentioned the story of cleaning up at work so that we didn't get in trouble. And sometimes I think the story of, or sometimes I think our king coming, what we can picture is more like our parents being gone for a weekend and we had a house party and we weren't supposed to. We threw this huge party and left the house an absolute mess, frankly. There's stains all over the floor. We broke a couple lamps. We left some trash all over the place. And we know they're going to be back soon, so we're running around frantically trying to clean everything up, trying to hide any evidence that anything bad ever happened here, all the while checking out the window in the driveway to make sure they're not pulling up until we are ready. But inevitably, we miss a spot. We forget to pick up that trash. We don't clean up perfectly. Now, on the complete opposite end of that spectrum, there's stories that long ago, before a king would enter into a city, the people who lived in this city, they would celebrate. They would go out to greet the king before he came into the city walls and escort him into the city. Having the king visit was an exciting time. It was a cause for joy, for celebration. So what's the king to you? And sometimes for me, I think he's both. There are some days where I'm running around trying to clean up, hoping he doesn't come back until I think I look presentable for him. And there are some days where my king is an honored guest, where I welcome him with joy. Now whether you view him as one or the other or both, I have good news for you. The king is coming with grace. He forgives us our sins and he gives us his joy. Not just because he is coming with grace, just because he does forgive us for the mess that we left, does that mean it's okay to, to keep on making these messes? To keep on living in our old ways if he's just going to forgive us anyway? Well, as Paul mentioned in our Romans text, by no means, of course not. The king is coming, but we're called to turn our lives around. No more let sin and sorrows grow, but let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart welcome the king when he comes. We should strive to sin no more, to live a life worthy of the coming of the king, but the king himself knows that we can't do that. The king knows that we can't follow his laws perfectly. We can't clean up our house or our heart 
on our own. We miss spots. We forget to put things back together. We can't get out all the stains no matter how hard we try. So he comes into our lives, into our dirty, sin-stained hearts, and he cleans it for us. The wonders of the king's love are found in his grace and the way he treats us as his creation. The way that he responded and still responds to our sin and stains. He knows that we have these things and he gives us his grace. He knows that we break his laws and yet the king still comes. In fact, the king came. He came into his creation. Worshipped by shepherds, by strangers from the east, by a carpenter. The king has come. And church, the king is coming again. He is coming with grace. He is coming with joy. With the joy that Jesus says no one will be able to take away from us. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds as you prepare for the coming of the King with joy. Amen.